Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We have reached the 5 o'clock hour on this Tuesday. We'll be off Friday, and then uh, Bernsey's back next week. I'm off next week as uh, we take some final time off, and then it'll be a grind. Not a grind, but uh, once we get to January, there's not that much time off. Although Bernsey's son's getting married, so there'll be some time off right there uh, for him. So we'll take you up until 6.30 today. we got a little bonus coverage for you. Get you set for uh, the Suns and the Wizards tonight. So that'll be a interesting game. The Suns coming off the win last night against the Lakers, the back-to-back. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff still to on the program, still to get into. And right now we're going to talk a little bit about what, what Carson Palmer had to say. And I know we've got some sound out there. Uh, Arizona oh, breaking sports. news. Oh, 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 news. Oh, Sorry, we're, Eric and I caught our All attention. Right, okay. Sham Sharania just put out the official release. It would appear that Matt Ishbia has officially acquired majority stake in the Phoenix Suns and Mercury basketball team. There it is. So it's, uh, it is official. Yeah, so the opening graph says Robert Sarver, managing partner of Suns Legacy Holdings, owner of Phoenix Suns and Mercury, and Matt Ishbia, chairman and CEO of United Wholesale Mortgage, today announced that Matt and his brother Justin have reached an agreement to purchase a majority stake in the franchise pending approval by the NBA. Okay, I'm going to read this. We're going to stick here with this. Breaking news, the group led by Matt Ishbia agrees to acquire the majority stake. There is a statement here. I'm going to read what Robert Sarver had to say. The agreement values the Suns and Mercury at $4 billion. The deal involves the sale of more than 50% ownership of the team, including all of Robert Sarver's interest and a portion of the interest in minor- of minority partners who are also granted additional sales rights. So this is interesting. The agreement values the Suns and Mercury's at $4 billion. He did not pay $4 billion. The deal involves the sale of more than 50% ownership. So two billion plus. The franchise was valued at four billion, but not a hundred percent of the franchise was sold. Here is the statement from Robert Sarver. Matt is the right leader to build on franchise legacies of winning and community support and shepherd the Suns and Mercury into the next era, said Sarver, who acquired control of both teams in 2004. As a former collegiate basketball player and national champion, Matt has exactly the right spirit, commitment, and resources to pursue championships. Equally important, though, is his philanthropic. Uh, how did I say philanthropic. That is that how you say it? <laughs> Outlook and, com- and commitment to using sports as a way to elevate and connect people. I know he shares my unwavering support for women's basketball, and I look forward to watching him become a unifying force across the Valley of the Sun. The deal is pre- pending league approval. Now, there was a statement released by Matt Ishbia. He says, I am extremely excited to be the next governor of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. Both teams have an incredibly dynamic fan base, and I have loved experiencing the energy of the Valley over the last few months. Basketball is at the core of my life from my high school days as a player 
to the honor of playing for Coach Izzo and winning a national title at Michigan State University. I spent the last two decades building my mortgage business, United Wholesale Mortgage, into the number one mortgage lender in America, and I'm confident that we can bring the same level of success to these great organizations on and off the floor. There's a dream come true for my entire family, including my parents, my three children, my brother Justin, who'll be making a significant investment with me and bring his incredible business acumen and shared passion for basketball. I appreciate Robert Sarver's time and support throughout the process. We are so honored to be, with the approval of the NBA, the next stewards of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury. How about that? It's done. Man, it it broke in the morning and it went down quick in the afternoon. So Matt's going to be the governor. That's the owner, everybody. That's the majority owner. Okay, let's... Not all of the ownership was sold. All of Robert Sarver's interests and a portion of the interest of the minority partners. So the deal involves more than 50% ownership of the team for for the Ishbia brothers. And that includes all of Robert Sarver's interest and a portion of the interest of minority partners. A portion of the interest of minority partners. A portion. So, in other words... So, over 50% is going to Matt and his group. Yes. Over 50%. Maybe that was part of the deal. I've got to get... You know, I have to have more than 50%. Um, So, so the valuation is $4 billion, but he spent... Somewhere in north of two billion to acquire the governorship of the Phoenix Suns. So some of the Suns owners, and I think there was like twelve different owners, right? There was John Najafi, there was Najafi's brother, there was um, Sam Garvin. There was all these other people involved. It they had they were granted additional sale rights. It says. A portion of the interest of the minority partners who were also granted additional sale rights. So they had the right to buy more, to buy or to sell. But Robert Sarver's entire portion is gone. And obviously somebody else's portion is gone, too, or a few others. Yes, because we don't know how many. Not all of the owners may have sold their portions. Right, because Robert didn't have 50%. So now that the Ishbia brothers do, they've gotten all of Robert's interest and then some. Well, we don't know the minority owners that were there before, how many of those will continue to stay on with that other 50%. But as far as the Suns fans are concerned, Matt Ishbia is the new owner of the Phoenix you Suns. You don't know who the minority owners are anyway until something negative. Did anybody that, know that, that John Najafi knew? You didn't know anything isn't about that true? That is you know totally Sam true. Garvin, John Najafi, you didn't know these guys until, you know, the blank hit the fan. And then it was like, okay. But yeah, usually minority owners are out. You know who the minority owners are for the D-backs? Do you? I no, do I not. don't either. Yeah, I don't either. And, but there are. And Gamble, I'll, I'll do you one better. Sometimes the face of franchises, like the owners that you think are the owners, they are actually not even the majority owners of the team. They just have controlling. They have the controlling manager job of the deal. You know, I mean, it's like there's there's other guys with more money in in the pot. Like when Jerry Colangelo and the D backs. Right. There's other guys with more money yeah. in the pot, but these guys are the face. Yeah. They run the they run the deal. They're the, so, ma- they're the managing partner. Right. That's so the word, so word that's what we know. So here it is. I mean, it is. This is a day a lot of Phoenix Suns fans were waiting for. Gee, uh, December 20th. This is a day a lot of Suns fans that were not happy with Robert Sarver's ownership over the years. This is a day you guys have all been waiting for. You know, I think in, in some ways it's it's closure for Robert. 
there was, you know, obviously the the investigation forced him to sell his interest in the team. So a lot of good things that Robert Sarver did as the owner of the Suns. Um, people don't talk about him, and they do go unnoticed by a lot of people. But there was a lot of good things that Robert did. I mean, the Suns were very, very involved in the community. They gave back in many, many ways. They were very charitable. So there was a lot of positives that came out of it. But there was this was a day that a lot of fans were hoping for. They wanted to see a new owner. They wanted to see a change, a, a new direction for the Phoenix Suns. And you're getting that now because it is official. Like this is, you know, now as of right now, this very second, Robert Sarver still owns the Suns. It's pending league approval, which could happen very, very quickly. Um, but once the league approves it, then Matt takes over, and I'm sure from that point we'll hear from Matt. There'll be a press conference. There'll be interviews. We'll get his – because that's what we all want to know right now. What is the vision for Matt Ishbia? What is his vision of the Phoenix Suns? What Championships. He, what, but uh, whatever it may be. I mean, yeah, I, talk I, about the culture, the environment. Want to get his feelings on James Jones and Monty Williams. I expect that those guys are going to stay because they're doing a good job. But we, we're going to want to hear from Matt about the direction of uh, uh, that he wants to take this organization. From what I understand, the way he ran the mortgage company, uh, United Wholesale Mortgage, very employee Friendly, very good to his employees. And there was a real sports segment on HBO about this young man. And boy, he is young. He will be the NBA's youngest owner at the age of 42. So a lot of success at a very young age uh, for Matt Ishbia. But all accounts and reports, and look, I'm sure he's tough behind closed doors. You don't get to that level of success unless you're a little bit of a, of a, of a tyrant at times. But by all accounts, he's very, very employee friendly. And after what the Suns just came out of, uh, maybe that'll be the breath of fresh air the organization needs. But at the end of the day, Gamble, I, I, I see a guy that is, as you talk to somebody who knows him, he's obsessed with winning. And his money is coming from a different company. He's yeah. going to spend. He's going to want to win. I assume he's going to like James Jones and Monty Williams. I mean, that that they're, they're doing a good job. Why would you come in and rock that boat? Yeah, he once told Forbes magazine um, he had to be the hardest working guy to be the worst player on that 2000 championship team at Michigan. And he saw coaching as his lifeline to stay connected to the game. Uh, him and his brother, Justin, they have reached the agreement. Uh, record price for the franchise. I think I lost. Did I lose a bet to Bernsey? Mitch? I think I lost a bet to Burns. We all did. $4 billion. I, what did we guess? Do you have it there? The highest guess, if I recall correctly, Burnsy had 3.2. Wow. So none of us were even at 4. We were well, wait a second. Close. If the sale was just valued at $4 billion, and it's only been about 50%, mm. doesn't that make it closer to $2 billion? If they actually sold for no, two billion, I think we. I think, we've, I, think about, I think we all factored it into what what will it sell for at a hundred percent. Eric's just saying that because he, he had three point one five. I tried. You know, it's incredible when the Donald Sterling thing went down, which was not even ten years ago. We did an interview with Jerry Colangelo for the TV station at the time. He said at that point the Clippers were valued at seven hundred and eighty-five million. Like that was it. This was like less than ten and years this ago. Is Four billion dollars ten years and, later. But when Balmer came in and because he wanted the deal done quick and he wanted the team and he had money to burn and twenty million bucks in his or twenty billion bucks in his bank account, he's like two billion done deal. Mm. So that got done quick and that changed the entire landscape of professional sports. How many of, how many Suns executives right now are packing their packing up their office? 
right. He's going to bring his. He's going to. He's going to bring some of some of, of his own guys. He's in. Have There's to. no question. All right, we're going to continue this role. More information coming out. We'll give you the latest. The Phoenix Suns sale is completed, pending NBA approval. We'll talk more about the new owner of the Phoenix Suns right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Tim Ring filling in for Bernsey. It is the sale is complete pending approval from the NBA. Robert Sauber has sold his entire portion, and his other portion of the sale has been sold as well. Um, uh, more than 50%, but not 100% of the Phoenix Suns has been sold. So you can assume from that that several of the minority owners that were under Robert Sauber will continue to be minority owners. Some may have not sold their shares. Some may have. But from what we are understanding is that a, a little bit over 50% of the entire uh, Suns organization was sold to Matt Ishbia and his son. He's the chairman and CEO of a Michigan-based mortgage lender, United Wholesale Mortgage, that's worth $4.7 billion. This sale happened you know, pretty quickly, to be honest with you. It was about mid-September, I think, that you know the allegations came out about the workplace environment uh, for the Phoenix Suns, and then Robert Sarver you know, decided to, to sell the team. At that point, after you know, you had heard from some sponsors that you know didn't want to be a part of it anymore. Uh, that Robert, uh, feeling some of the pressure, decided that it would be best for the organization if I sold and we just moved on. So um, the NBA, remember, remember the NBA suspended Robert Sarver for one year. They fined him ten million dollars in October. Forbes valued the franchise at two point seven billion dollars. In October. October. Two months ago. Forbes valued the Suns at $2.7 billion. The Suns were purchased by Robert in 2004 for $401 million. So now Sarver goes from being a you know, multimillionaire to being a billionaire. Um, but it doesn't matter what they're valued at if a guy like Yeshiba is he like, wants to pay it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to lose. Just like I didn't want to lose Mel Tucker, I don't want to lose the Suns. What's the number? Okay, well, yeah. I got this group offering me this. Okay, I'll go higher. I got this group offering me that. I'll go higher. So Matt owns 71% of United Wholesale Mortgage. His brother owns 22% of it. His brother's worth $2 billion. So together, they're picking up 60% of the Suns for $2.4 billion. So that's the news that I'm that that I'm looking at right now. The brothers are picking up 60% of the Phoenix Suns for 2.4 billion dollars. So 40% is still going to be owned uh by other people that were I guess involved for the Phoenix Suns minority ownership group. So the board of governors will now have to vote to approve him as the controlling Owner, nobody thinks that that's going to be any type of a roadblock. No, that's a formality. And Just make a no formality. Ishbia, yep. Matt Ishbia is the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, barring that vote, which of course should be a formality. Whether there are minority owners, there always are. 
Robert Sarver had minority owners. As Gambo joked, nobody knew about the minority owners until something bad happened. So that's that's standard operating procedure for the most part on a lot of professional sports teams. But for the for for all intents and purposes, Matt Ishbia is the owner of the Phoenix Suns, and his brother is the was the alternate governor or the lieutenant governor. How do they? This is crazy. That? His company sold forty five mortgages in two thousand and four. Forty five. They were barely breaking even through 2006. Matt decided to stay. And in 2007, eight with the financial crisis, um, they just, you know, the, you know, bigger outfits were collapsing and they scooped up new business and staff. And uh, they issued in 2009, they issued, they issued more than $2 billion in loans. It was a turning point, 2009. Uh, and that was his company. His father owned the company and he took it over and uh, just really turned that company into something special. And now he is the owner of the Phoenix Suns. So I'll say 42 years old. The team, the team has grown fifteen percent over the last year, um, thanks to record sponsorship, advertising revenue, uh, sky high expectations. Uh, I'm just looking at all the information that I could gather right now. But the this is a day that a, a long like we knew this day was coming. It was inevitable. The Phoenix Suns were going to be sold. Uh, the the information that came out. On uh, on that ESPN story on Robert Sarver, the toxic work environment, that story came out, and I think just a few weeks after that, Robert decided to sell the team, and it didn't take very you know it took didn't take very long. I mean, from like mid September, late September to now, the Phoenix Suns got sold for a record four billion dollars. Again, what I'm seeing on Forbes is sixty percent of the team was sold to the two brothers. I think I think it's a home run hire. I mean, well, obviously, we'll, we'll know more in a few years how it works out. But I, I think he checks every box. I think he's young. I think he's hungry. I think he's determined to win. I think he won't be outspent. He's already shown his aggressiveness when it comes to Michigan State athletics, donating millions and millions upon millions to the basketball program, uh, ponying up to keep Mel Tucker there when LSU came a-calling. This is a guy that doesn't like to lose on the field, off the field, in negotiations. This is a guy that I think he's going to be an aggressive owner. He's going to be an owner that wants to win. The youngest owner in the league. And wants to win championships. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if he's married and has kids, because you can question that when a guy's only 42 years of age, but will he make his home in Phoenix? Will he stay in Michigan? The way... Virtual offices are and private jets and multiple homes. Probably doesn't need to live in Phoenix, but it'll be interesting to see what his plans are when he has a press conference here. And I mean, he'll have a home here. Don't don't kid yourself. Yeah, but I, will, I, he, will he make it his full time residency uh, in the Valley? We'll find out. I think we're all looking at right now. Um, you know, the press conference. I mean, does this does this free up the Suns to trade Jay Crowder? Does it free up the Suns to to give up draft? You know, all the things that we've questioned recently. You know. Now we may have some answers on that. You know, we may have some answers on uh, on that because we just, you know, we don't as of now. So I think that's, I'm looking at just the, the release and all the information that's that's out. Uh, I believe he's a family guy. It doesn't mention anything about a wife, but I think it mentioned something about his kids and family and things like that. Yeah, great. This is a dream come true for my entire family, including my parents, my three children, okay. and my brother, Justin. So, dream come true from my parents, my three children, and my brother Justin. Doesn't mention a wife, so I don't. But I don't. You know, I don't know. And I'm okay. not, it matters. What matters is that 
He's 42 years old, and he's just no, purchased just, the Phoenix Suns. It just and matters it, to learn a little bit, bit about the guy sure. who's going to be one of the most prominent figures in our city. I mean, that's okay. I mean, it, no, of course it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, yep. maybe, you know, a little bit about the guy uh, as, he, as he comes in. Uh, he's, he, he's born and raised in Detroit, went to Michigan State. He walked down the basketball team. He's got a great relationship with Tom Izzo, great relationship with Magic Johnson. Obviously, when you have billions of dollars, people tend to like you. You usually have a lot of friends, Gambo, yep. when you have a billion dollars or so in the bank. Uh, but everything you, you, you hear about the guy, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Amazing how your phone blows up when you got that kind of money. I can't get anybody to text me back. I don't have any friends either. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any friends. You gotta buy like if an, I call you, you, you pick up on one ring because you don't have any friends yeah, either. You gotta, you gotta buy NBA teams. I called you yesterday. Yeah. Where are we part? You picked up on one ring. You, know you have no friends. Go, I have no friends. Yeah, go 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 by the go by the Oklahoma City Thunder. You'll have pr- plenty of friends. All right, under Robert Sarver's ownership, the Phoenix Suns made the playoffs seven times. There were four trips to the Western Conference Finals, and there was one NBA Finals appearance. Pretty successful. From 2004 to now, 18 years. Seven playoff appearances, four trips to the Western Conference Finals, one NBA Finals appearance. There was also like a 10-year span of just absolutely putrid basketball that hurt us all. But you had the you know the start to Robert Sarver and the end to Robert Sarver were really good basketball teams. The Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion team, and now the Devin Booker, Chris Paul team. So the start was really good. The ending was really good. The middle was really bad. Um, but, you know, it, it, an era comes to an end. Robert Sarver, and again, this is a day I believe a lot of people were looking forward to and just they wanted new ownership and they, you know, they were, they were desperate to have somebody that wanted to come in and just spend, 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 spend. And now you've got a guy in, in Matt Ishbier who I'm sure we're going to hear from him real soon after the NBA approves this sale and we'll hear what his vision is for the Phoenix Suns. You know, what does you, he hope to accomplish? It, again, there's a, there's a real sports HBO special segment on on this young man you can find that online he's also a frequent guest on you know cnbc and msnbc talking about mortgages and finances and all that kind of stuff so you can kind of find those on online and just to kind of see what kind of personality he is it seems like a a warm guy so i i listen a thumbs up for me every everybody i've talked to everything i've heard i've watched him from afar the way he's handled michigan state athletics and has been so proactive in making sure those basketball and football teams at least have a great chance to win. He probably still will be, by, by the way. But now he's going to put all his resources into helping the Phoenix Suns win a win an NBA championship for the first time. All right, Carson Palmer said some interesting things to say about the future of the Arizona Cardinals. We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Not finalized, but again, if you're just getting in your vehicle, the sale of the Phoenix Suns has been completed. Matt Ishbia has purchased with his brother 60% of the Phoenix Suns organization from Robert Sarver and other investors in the Suns. The sale is pending NBA approval, which should just be a formality. Uh, but the the Robert Sarver era is on the verge of coming to an end. Today marks the day uh, that the sale was agreed to, and it will be completed upon NBA approval, which, again, the approval from the NBA should come at any time now. So we'll keep you up to date uh, with the latest of this. 
60% of the team purchased by Matt and his brother. Don't know if there's any other investors in there, but the uh, value, valuation of the organization was $4 billion. The Suns and Mercury, $4 billion. He purchased 60% of that, so they spent $2.4 billion for their purchase of the Suns. So 40% of the ownership of the Suns is still with minority owners, investors, and not sure exactly how that plays out, but we do know what the what the number is, that it is 40% of that. And whatever information we get, we'll continue to pass on to you. We are on till 6.30 today. So we'll stay with you till 6.30 today, get you set for the uh, Suns and the Wizards from the Footprint Center Arena, where I wonder if they do anything tonight. I wonder if they... Uh, if they if they have do they do they introduce him to the crowd? Is he in town? Do they do or they just wait until? My guess is I would think you'd have to wait until the NBA approves it. Monty Williams' pregame press conference actually said he can't comment on it until the NBA approves. Yeah. It now, so assuming that that so would probably the probably nothing yet. I know the Suns are going on a pretty long road trip. I know the Christmas Day game is in Denver, and then I believe they're on the road that whole next week or 10 days or something like that. Well, so, they, play, they play at home on Friday. Okay, so this Friday. And then they're on the road until Friday, January 6th. How they many road a, games is that? Like eight, seven, no, wait, one, two, seven. seven. Seven road games. How many home games left after today before the road trip? One. One. Friday night. So if there if if there is going to be an introduction for him, it's either going to have to be Friday or they're going to have to wait till they come back from this long road trip. But I imagine you would have an introduction for him, and he might take the mic and speak to the crowd and have his you know there'll be press conference and all of that stuff too. Carson Palmer was on the thirty third team, and he said it's hard to watch the Cardinals this year. It's tough to watch. I mean, it, it, the the future is bleak right now when you really look at it and you look at the timeline of things. So Kyler blows his knee out beginning of December. You got to throw in nine months, maybe twelve, depending on the process and any hiccups and in, in the process. So he, he's on a short timetable. Um, they've got a lot of positions to fill. They've been banged up everywhere. DJ Humphreys has been hurt. Um, they, they've lost guys uh, in the front, on the back end of their defense. So it, it's just been one of those years. Uh, that's Carson Palmer talking about that. He also talked about one of the things, you know, listen, we don't know what's going to happen with Cliff. We we can assume what's going to happen with Kime, but we don't know. We, we really don't have any finalization on Michael Bidwell's decisions yet. And that's where Carson talked about the future being unknown. It's not like, well, we'll be fine. Kyler rehab and he'll be ready week one. That's unknown. We, we have yeah. no idea what's going to happen. Coaching you situation, expect- we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's so many different ways that this this is going to shake out But the, uh, at the end of this year. Uh, it's just one of those situations as, as now that I'm a fan watching. It's just been, it's really, really been tough to watch. Well, you know, he's... He- He's talking about the the lack of attractiveness, also of the job, right, Gambo? And the, the, he, he's he's saying, "Hey, the, this might not be an attractive job for a head coach." And the insinuation there, and I've heard this before from other people that you know maybe the timing's not right to make a head coaching change. I, I, to me, listen, if you don't think you got the right guy, and that's Mike's decision. If Mike doesn't think he has the right guy. 
you, you got to make a change. You got to make a change and you got to identify the best possible candidate you can get. Now, the situation with the Cardinals with Kyler's knee and a roster that needs to be somewhat rebuilt here on the fly, yeah, that may impact your ability to get a Sean Payton or if you were interested in a guy like Jim Harbaugh who might have other options, including staying at Michigan. But I mean, Gamble, money talks when it comes to coordinators. You know, Ben Johnson, the guy at Detroit, we talked about him earlier, he's making $500,000 a year. Cliff's making 7.5 approximately. That's what I'm, th- my guess is between seven and eight okay. on, on that contract. Hey, 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 Ben Johnson, do you want to come coach the Cardinals and get a six and a half million dollar raise? Oh, no, thanks. That's not a good situation right now. Kyler's got a, a knee injury. Come on. Of course he's only taking the job. 32 of those jobs, man. That's prime real estate right there. There's, There's only thir- 32 of those jobs. That, that cannot, that cannot be a detriment to making a a, a, a change in your staff that you feel you need to make. Carson Palmer, does he expect sweeping changes this offseason? I don't know. I mean, you, you look at they just re-signed uh, Steve. They just re-signed Coach uh, Kingsbury. Kyler's coming back. I mean, I, I know I know every job in, in the NFL is, is attractive, but that's not that attractive of a job right now. You know, they, they've been recycling coaches every couple of years. Um, I, I'd be shocked if they if they cleaned house, but, um, you know, it's, it's it's not looking great, obviously, with Kyler's situation as well. All right, and one more about the Kyler situation. What does Carson Palmer think the Cardinals need to and do to improve the roster around Kyler Murray? You mentioned last year. That's another reason it's tough to completely clean house. They, they ran off eight or nine wins in a row. I mean, I think they started the, the first couple months of the season undefeated. Um, so it, it is a talented team. I mean, you watch DeAndre Hopkins. He is a star. That guy is amazing. Um, you've got Kyler. Kyler's been a pro bowler, rookie of the year. He, he's got the accolades. Um, you know, th- there's good players. Buda Baker on defense, great leadership. Oh, so yeah. th- there's, there's some stars over there. Um, but, you know, they, they got to beef up the offensive line. Um, they've always got to add players on defense. They, they've got, you know, they've had some early uh, high draft picks the last couple years. Um, they need to hit on those picks going forward, absolutely. So you got to talk about the offensive line if you're quarterback. Got to get that offensive line bailed up. You yeah. got to have it. He's actually right in this case. I, I will where well, I will disagree with Carson a little bit. Two statements. They haven't been recycling coaches every couple of years. That's not that's not a fair no, statement. No, just a Steve Wilkes. Just no, Steve Wilkes. No, B, a B, yeah, B, B A was here for five, Wilkes was here for one, and Kingsbury's been here for four. That's hardly recycling coaches every couple of years. Uh so having said that, the, 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 in terms of, well, I forgot the other thing I was going to say. But anyway, Gamble, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, it's Carson Palmer talking about how hard it was to watch the team and the future. And look, we're going to know on Monday, I think that's January 9th, if I look at the my, my calendar here, there are three games left in the season for the Arizona Cardinals. And their final game is on the road against San Francisco, and that is Sunday... And that is January 8th. I imagine that plane ride home is going to be a difficult one for Cliff Kingsbury if he doesn't know already. Because either you're going to get back from San Francisco and you're going to meet with Michael that night or you're going to meet with him in the morning and you'll know your future. We're not going to wait long. If Michael Bidwell decides to make a change at coach, we're going to know on Monday. We may know Sunday night. May Some things may leak out beforehand, but if Michael's smart... And I expect that he will be. He's not going to allow that to happen. He'll meet with the coach firsthand, either after the game, when they get back from San Francisco, or the next morning, and 
Tell him whether he's going to have his job or not. And if he decides to move on, every you know he's not going to wait a week. He knows what he want, what he's going to do. He's going to want to move on and you know and 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 then go through a coaching hiring process or hire the coach that he wants to hire. But Black Monday is Black Monday for a reason. It's not Tuesday, Wednesday, right. Thursday, Mo- Monday. Je- less than three weeks. Look, I expect three weeks from today, you know, we're going to be talking about who's going to be the next GM yep. or and maybe who's going to be the next coach. And those things will be a major topic of conversation three weeks from today on a Tuesday. But the other thing I was going to push back on on Carson, now it's come back to me, is that I think it's time to start. Start retiring the seven and zero talk from twenty twenty one. I mean, it's too far in the rearview mirror now. It's time to stop hanging your hat on that, talking about it. I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous. They've won five of their last twenty games. They've won one of their last twelve home games. Those are the numbers that matter. And then the culture issues that we continue to talk about that have plagued this team this season, and a little bit at the end of last season during a collapse. That's. That's the focus. That's what you have to deal with if you're Mike Bidwell. I just think the farther and farther in the rearview mirror that 7-0 start is, the less you can talk about it as a means or a way or an excuse or a reason to keep the coach. The only reason you keep the coach is if you believe, as the owner, that injuries did this season in, and if he wasn't decimated by injuries, he would have a much better record and have this team in playoff contention. Wiz- That's the only reason that you bring him back. Wizards and Suns tonight at the Footprint Center. Phoenix coming off a win against the Lakers last night. We'll preview that game and tell you who's in and who's out of the lineup for Phoenix. That's next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? I got the Suns and the Wizards, although we're getting news now that no Kristaps Porzingis in this game for the Washington Wizards. Is that correct? Yeah, it just broke his non-COVID illness. Now, while I'm a big fan of the Suns racking up wins, and they probably would have beat this team even with Porzingis, (laughs) they've lost 10 in a row. It'd be nice if the Suns were getting somebody's best shot so you have a better idea of where you're at as a basketball team. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, you play the Clippers and Kawhi and Paul George are sitting over there with their their trucker hats on. Last night, watching that game with LeBron and AD and Westbrook sitting over there in their street clothes. Well, I thought that, you know, I, after the Pat Bev basket I mean, that cut the lead to 26, I, I thought that I thought it was the Lakers that were up by 26, not the Suns that were up by 26. <laughs> Pat Bev's taunting Chris Paul down 26 in a game. Are you kidding me? No I mean, Devin Booker, no Jacques Landale, no campaign, no Jay Crowder, no Cam Johnson, no Dwayne Washington Jr. tonight. Um, I don't know. Do we get an update on a Koji? He had a right hip soreness. He is out, too. So no Booker, no Landale, no Akoji, no Campaign, no Jay Crowder, no Cam Johnson, no Dwayne Washington Jr. Maybe this new owner, Matt Ishbia, can suit up and play for the Suns because they're really shorthanded. No Porzingis in this matchup for Washington, um, but they do have Kuzma and they do have Bradley Beal. He got back last, last game. He got back against the Lakers. Had a good game. He was out with an injury. I think it was a hamstring injury, uh, but he is back now. So Wizards tonight, they've lost 10 in a row. 
They haven't won a basketball game since November 28th. It's been a long time since they won a basketball game. They've been in some of these games. They're just not winning many of these games. So their starting lineup tonight, Gafford, Kuzma, Vija, Beal, and Morris is their starting lineup tonight. Uh, Porzingis out because of a non-COVID English. So Monty Morris at the point, Bradley Beal at the shooting guard, Denny Advilia at the small forward, Kyle Kuzma at the power forward, Daniel Gafford at the center. That's your lineup for the Wizards tonight taking on the Phoenix Suns. It'll be really nice if Kyle Kuzma did not get hurt. Yeah, I think because let's let's revisit that conversation yeah, I, from a bit ago. If you're if you're looking for a reason to watch this game tonight, because assuming the Suns are going to make quick work of this basketball team uh, in about an hour and a half, Kyle Kuzma is a name that continues to be connected to the Suns. And Gamble, you you usually like to shoot all these rumors down, but this is a rumor you will not shoot down. No, Kuzma's a guy I think that's interesting. He's a scorer. He's a wing player, small forward, power forward type. So he gives you some length. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he's a scorer, right? He can go score the basketball. He's shooting the, the ball very, very well this year. He's having a career type year. He's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't think he'd be a guy that you would look to resign. But look, they weren't looking to resign Jay Crowder. So if it's a trade, one-for-one trade, what's the big deal, right? You weren't going to bring Jay Crowder back, and you're not going to bring Kyle Kuzma back. Now, you can always do a sign and trade. But there's not a lot of teams with cap space, so Kuzma could always come back and say, look, I want to go to this team. They'll give you this expiring contract and a bunch of draft picks for me, and then you could do that. So there's always that possibility uh, to do that as well. But no, I'm not, I don't – like, there's no real benefit for Washington to trade Kuzma for a guy like Jay Crowder because Kuzma's a better player right now, and, you know – you would have to be enticed to make that trade because or you're not bringing back a player that's young and you're not bringing back a player that's under contract. It's one expiring contract for another expiring contract. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a pick. And then you ask yourself, if you're the Suns, you know, how, bad, how badly do you need a player to try to get you over the hump? Candidly, they do. They need a scorer off the bench come playoff time. Uh, the campaign's going to need help. Because as good as Tory Craig and Akogi and these guys are, and Damian Lee can knock down an open three, there's not a lot of bucket getters coming in that second unit, Gambo. They, they, they need somebody there. And Lord forbid there's an injury or foul trouble. They need they just they need another guy, as I like to say, a professional scorer. Somebody who can come in the game, starting, bench, whatever, but can go out there and get you twenty five points if he needs to. Yeah. And if you're if you're if Booker's having an off night or Chris Paul's having an off night, if you got Kyle Kuzma, you got another scorer. Exactly, you right. got another guy that you know you you can't, that you could more reliable than a Cam Johnson or even a Mikael Bridges or even a DeAndre Ayton. More reliable scorer, somebody that he's a proven twenty point per game guy. He's going to get you those buckets if you need them. So if you're able to get him, like I I, I think it's probably unlikely, but I'm not ruling it out. I do think that they like him. There's a lot of guys. I've said that they don't like. This is not a guy I'm going to say they don't like. Yeah, it's funny. Bridges and Aiton, as good as they can be any given night offensively, time and time again prove that they are great third scorers on a great team. The inconsistencies are just still there night in and night out, especially with Mikel. DA's a little more steady. But Bridges, the, the, the swings between 27-point nights and then 11-point nights are far too frequent. And unless Chris Paul becomes that, that 
guy that he was last year. The Suns just need more scoring pop. It's, yeah, it's, it's been the last two days, the last two games has been some signs that Chris Paul is, is bouncing. And there back. have been some signs. They missed fourteen games, and like there was a lot of doubt about Chris and the way the season ended last year, the way the season started this year. But man, he's knocking down three pointers. He's hitting that mid range shot. He does seem to have his legs under him a little bit. I mean, I think I'm impressed with what I've seen out of Chris Paul the last couple of games. I'm happy to see that. There are signs. And and again, the way they're presently constructed, they can beat a lot of teams in the league. I'm talking about what they need and what it's going to take to beat the great teams, to advance in the postseason. And you got to go. I, I love Boyan Bogdanovich. I wish they would have had enough to get that deal done with the Jazz. They didn't. So he's off the table now, I think, unless you can swing a deal with the Pistons. Mm. But somebody like that, somebody of that ilk that can come in and get you 20 on any given night. And Gamble, most importantly, 20 in a playoff game. I don't want a guy that can just get you 20 against you know the Thunder on a Tuesday in February. I want a guy that can get you a 20 in a high leverage Yeah, when you're game. playing every other day in yes. a six-seven game yes. series and you need somebody you can count on. Because, look, a lot of the a lot of the problems of the Mavs was just a matchup. Like, it's the way teams coach you. It's the, against you. It's the way teams defend you. The Mavs, the Mavs, the way the Mavs defended after the first two games, what they did to Chris Paul, Devin Booker, like, they're very successful at it. They had a good game plan. They executed it. And, and you know, they have certain goals that they want to do. They want to make Devin Booker a passer. They want to double-team him and let somebody else beat him. But if you've got a guy like Kyle Kuzma that's able to you swing the ball at Kyle Kuzma, let him score, man, that alleviates a lot of the pressure off of Devin Booker, and it may force the team to play Devin Booker more straight up than double-team Devin Booker. 100%. And Mavericks specifically, they got to figure out defensively what they're going to do with Luka. I mean, as Kellen Olsen says, Luka scrambles their brains defensively unlike any other player in the NBA. They don't know if they're coming or going against Because he's such guy. a great passer that if you double-team him, he's going to make you pay. And again, the last time they played the Mavs, I mean, it was just it came down to shots. I know, but like, yeah, all those guys all those guys who shot the ball well. I know, but if they make their... If they, if they, if they, it's not like Luka went for 50. Luka did his typical I'm going to get 32-33. It's, it's a matter of what everybody else does. Luka Lucas scored the same amount of points. It's not like he went for 60. I get it, but Gambo, the Mavericks are 15 and 16. Other teams find a way to figure it out. They look they, they look like the 92 Bulls when they play the Suns. So somebody's doing something right against those guys. The Suns got to figure out a way to do it better defensively. Yeah, it's just sometimes, look, styles make fights. Sometimes there are bad matchups. The yes. Mavs seem to be a bad matchup. Wizards, 10 straight losses. They've had last win for them is November 28th, but you'll get a look at Kyle Kuzma tonight. Bradley Beal is back from that hamstring injury. He had a good game and a loss to the Lakers, but they've been struggling for a win. No Porzingis tonight for the Wizards. The Suns have this one, and then they've got their home game Friday, and then they're going to be on a road for a while, starting with that Christmas Day game, uh, Christmas night game against the Denver Nuggets. They are the last of the Christmas Day games. They'll be the night game. That's the start of a long road trip. So a couple of games left at home, then they will be on the road for a while. All right, the latest news coming out for the Phoenix Suns is that they've got themselves a brand new majority owner. His name is Matt Ishbia. Him and his brother have purchased 60% of the Phoenix Suns for $2.4 billion. The franchise value was $4 billion. What does it mean for the Suns? The end of the Robert Sarver era, the beginning of the Matt Ishbia era, We'll talk about that next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Jones and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I can't really talk about it yet because it's it hadn't been approved by the Board of Governors. You know, I heard about as much information as you guys did. Um, I woke up from my nap, my phone was kind of going off, that kind of thing. So it was, you know, I probably had the same feelings you guys did. But for me, from an official standpoint, it's it's has to be approved. Um, until then, I just don't want to make any comments about uh, what could be until something is concrete. All right, nothing is concrete until the NBA approves the sale of the Suns and the Mercury to Matt Ishbia. Matt with one T, by the way. One T. One T. Michigan State University walk-on, rode the bench during the 2000 National Championship title run for Tom Izzo, turned a mortgage company that his father owned into a billion-dollar-plus, $5 billion enterprise. Forbes estimated that he... Matt Ishbia, the chairman and CEO of this Michigan-based mortgage lender, is worth about $5 billion. Uh, most of that comes from his 71% stake in the company, which does trade on the New York Stock Exchange. And his brother, Justin, owns 22% of the company, and that's worth $2.1 billion. So the together... The two brothers are picking up 60% of the Suns for $2.4 billion, which would mean that 40% of the Suns will stay in the hands of, you know, uh, minority owners and investors, maybe current guys. There was about 12 investors, along with Robert Sarver, that own the Phoenix Suns. You, you look at the statement, and just by reading the statement, you can figure out, okay, it's very likely that some of those minority owners are still on board, and some may not be. Um, it says, the agreement values the Sons of Mercury at $4 billion. The deal involves the sale of more than 50% ownership. We're hearing it is 60%, including all of Robert Sarver's interest and a portion of interest of minority partners who are also granted additional sale rights. So maybe some of the owners purchased more, maybe some sold out altogether, and maybe some sold a portion of it. But we do know that 60% of the team is sold, 40% of the team was basically not sold. But Matt does become the the general partner, he becomes the owner, the managing partner of the Phoenix Suns. And I would presume... There are probably a few minority owners that are like, I don't want to sell. I would still like to be a minority owner. Right. And as long as Matt is okay with that, or maybe Matt doesn't even have a say in that. The way the franchise value keeps skyrocketing. I mean, when Robert Sauber bought the team in 2004, it was worth $400 million. Now it's worth $4 billion. $400 million to $4 billion from 2004 to now. Like, it's a good investment. Thanks, Steve, Ball- Thanks, so Steve that- Ballmer, for that, everybody. So what's it going to be worth 18 years from now? I mean, there's got to be... Six billion? I mean, the balloon, seven billion, the balloon eight has billion? to burst at some point. Well, I mean, you keep saying that. I, I, God. I mean, go buy a carton I mean, of eggs today. I mean, what are the Dallas Cowboys worth? What, what are your Yankees worth? I mean, if, if, the, if the Phoenix Suns are worth $4 billion, 
You think the because franchise remember, value is going to come down? When has franchise values ever come down? Well, remember, like, okay, so Forbes values the Yankees and the Cowboys at a certain number a couple months ago. Okay, a couple well, months ago, they valued the Suns at 2.7. You just took the words out of my mouth. So whatever they valued the Cowboys at, they're wrong. It's what somebody's willing to pay. Ten billion, how badly ten, do you want to own a... $10 billion, right? How badly I mean, do you don't want to own a sports team? There's not that many of them for sale. How badly do you want to own one? Well, Matt Ishbia wanted to own one real bad. In right. fact, he desperately tried to buy the Denver Broncos. Hey, listen, it's an exclusive club. I, and if you love sports and you have the money and you have an interest in doing that, it's a hell of a club to be in. Whether it's the NFL or the NBA... Matt Ishbia wanted to be a part of that club. And as soon as Robert Sarver put the uh, Suns on the market, I guarantee you, Matt Ishbia said, if I can't get the Broncos, that's what I want. And he went after it. And he was not going to be outbid. I would imagine. And that's that's where we're at. Because, listen, he wasn't the only suitor. There were a lot of people interested in buying the Suns. A lot of people. Obviously, he was willing to pay more than anybody else was. And that's why he's probably the owner. And other owners may have said, okay, look, Forbes values you at 2.7. I'll give you 3. I'll give you 3.2. He was willing to go to $4 billion in valuation. In reality, he paid $2.4 billion for the the 60%, him and his brother. And that's that's the mindset I want when he goes after free agents. I'm not going to be outbid. If this is the guy you want, we're going to get him. Well, that's isn't that a good, like, if he was willing to go that high for the value of the franchise, you think he's going to stop there? No. And, I, and I'd like to think when he winds I'll pay, in. I'll pay a $100 million luxury tax. I don't care. Doesn't care. And when he when he winds and dines a prospective free agent, I think the Phoenix Suns, because this guy, again, I mean, the, the, the obviously the mortgage business has been so good to him and his family. I think the Phoenix Suns, and not that they weren't before, but I think they're going to be run like a first-class operation, top to bottom, now, whining and dining, free agents, the way they treat employees, everybody. I think it's going to be, I think this guy's going to do a fantastic job. So Everything Matt, I've heard about. Matt him. will serve as the governor. Justin will serve as the alternate governor. Again, pending league approval. We're also hearing that the league will have to approve Prove the switch of the team colors that uh, Matt is looking to put in from uh, from to green and white from Michigan State, right? Is, so, but I guess it would be Michigan State colors, right? That's that's important to him that the official team colors changed to green and white to match Michigan State, right? But I'm, I am reading here that that would take approval too from the league. Yeah, the league will have to have final approval. Just kidding! April Fools, everybody! Larry! <laughs> this is what happens when you get bonus coverage of Burns and Gambo. Oh, how many people right there were like, you some what? What? <laughs> Mitch has got his thumbs down. And, uh, I agree, I'm an idiot. Oh, he should have played that. Oh, uh, man. You think Car- everybody fell for that? Cars, no, are, to get clickbait. Yeah. cars are crashing on the 101 as we speak. <laughs> what? Get your son's green and white jersey now. What the hell's going on here? The Phoenix Spartans tonight against the Ooh, LA go. Lakers. <laughs> We're going to change the, the mascot from a gorilla to a Spartan. <laughs> The Phoenix Spartans. Yeah, it's, oh, that was so funny. That's a clown. <laughs> Got you. Uh, that's not funny. That is that is hilarious. That is blasphemous. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Mitch. How many people did we have for about 10 seconds there? Probably me, but... Six million. Oh, did you, you, did you think that? No, not totally, but... Oh, come on. We got you, Mitch. Did we get you, too? Freaking bum. <laughs> what, how many people right now? Like, you son of a... <laughs> White, what? Are you done? <laughs> Burnsy's like, what? Burnsy's like, what? 
No, I'm not going to change the colors to green and white. No. But there'll be a lot of things that, that he comes in and does. And obviously, there'll be a lot of changes at the executive level of the Phoenix Suns. Because the simple fact is, I'm not worried about the media relation guys losing their job or the people working in the cafeteria. But I expect a lot of the executives, the higher end guys, he's going to want to hire his own people. And especially with, you know, the investigation and everything that went on and everything, he's probably want to clean a, clean a little house, do a little house cleaning and make some changes, but also hire people like he's a basketball guy there may be some people that he has in mind right now to come in and and run things and take over whether those changes happen this year in the midst of uh, of the season or he waits till the off season we'll have to see how that plays out but i would expect there's going to be quite a few changes at the executive level once he comes in just to hire his own people get his own people in place uh, gambo it's a new day it's a new day for the sun's organization to a certain extent and we may have a new day on the horizon for the Arizona Cardinals coming up in about three weeks as well. So you look at it from those two yep. perspectives. Obviously, one team on the field of battle is way, way, way better. And that's a good thing. But in the front office at the Phoenix Suns, it's a new day. And maybe for the Arizona Cardinals, a new day on the horizon uh, as well. Statements made by both Robert Sarver and Matt Ishbia. We'll tell you what those statements were next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. I know they are not changing the colors to green and white. It was just a joke that me and Tim Ring played. Chris Medina, you guys sold it pretty well, I'm not going to lie. So there are some people out there. Uh, Alicia, Alicia. Oh, my God. You guys had me there. I was ready to break something. I'm excited about this new owner. Purple and orange forever. Um, the, I fell for it, Gambo and Tim. Was about to tweet out the first bad thing I've heard about Ishbia is trying to change the sun's colors. Another guy, Phoenix Suns. Um, not funny, Gambo. <laughs> Oh, come on. That was that was funny. That was fun. That was hilarious. I got a kick out of that. We did sell it pretty well. If the Suns were going to, that Ishbi was going to come in and needed board approval to change the colors to green and white. Um, we did sell that pretty well. That was, pre- I, I got a kick out of that. That was actually really funny. All right. Um, I want to read you the statements as the sale of the Phoenix Suns is impending, impending sale of the Phoenix Suns. They've agreed to the sale. Uh, that Matt Ishbia and his brother have agreed to acquire the majority stake in the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury basketball teams. Largest deal in the history of the NBA and WNBA. The franchise values $4 billion. They're purchasing 60% of that uh, for $2.4 billion. They'll purchase 60% of the Suns. The statement from Robert Sarver is Matt is the right leader to build on franchise legacies of winning and community support and shepherd the Suns and Mercury into the next era. Says, as a former collegiate basketball player and national champion, Matt has exactly the right spirit, commitment, and resources to pursue championships. Equally important, though, is his uh, philanthropic... Did I say that word right, Mitch? I'm terrible. Philanthropic is the word. Philanthropic. Yeah. I needed help. Philanthropic outlook and commitment to using sports as a way to elevate and connect people. 
I know he shares my unwavering support for women's basketball, and I look forward to watching him become a unifying force across the Valley of the Sun. Robert Sarver bought the Phoenix Suns in 2004. Um, from the time he bought the, bought the team, they made seven playoff appearances. They made four trips to the Western Conference Finals and one to the NBA Finals. So seven playoff appearances, four trips to the Western Conference Finals, one NBA Finals appearance for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Mercury had 14 playoff appearances, a record 10 consecutive. They appeared in four WNBA Finals and they won three championships uh, under his stewardship. Matt will take over once the uh, NBA approves this, which could be very quickly. Uh, Matt's statement was this. I'm extremely excited to be the next governor of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. Both teams have an incredibly dynamic fan base, and I've loved experiencing the energy of the Valley over the last few months. Basketball is at the core of my life. From my high school days as a player to the honor of playing for Coach Izzo and winning a national championship at Michigan State University. I spent the last two decades building my mortgage business, United Wholesale Mortgage, into the number one mortgage lender in America. And I'm confident that we can bring that same level of success to these great organizations on and off the floor. This is a dream come true for my entire family including my parents, my three children, and my brother, Justin, who will be making a significant investment with me and brings his incredible business acumen and shared passion for basketball. I appreciate Robert Sarver's time and support throughout the process. We are so honored to be with approval by the NBA, the next stewards of the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury. That's the statement from Matt, and that's the statement from Robert Sarver. There is one home game left on the schedule after today. So when you start talking about announcements and things like that, I'm not sure exactly when the NBA will approve this. I, I would imagine it would be very quickly. Uh, I'm sure they want to move on and, and, and get this over with. Um, the Suns will be going on a long road trip. So they got the game tonight. I don't know if there'll be any announcement tonight. I don't think they can because the league hasn't approved it yet. So I don't think they would do anything. Friday, if this is approved by Friday, there's a home game against Memphis. Uh, that could be where Matt speaks. That could be where the announcement is made. That could be where the fans have an opportunity to cheer or do whatever they want to do. Starting Sunday, the Suns are on a long road trip. They're at Denver. They're at Memphis. They're at Washington. They're at Toronto. They're at the Knicks. They're at Cleveland. They would not be home again until Friday, January 6th against Miami. So if there is no finalization here by Friday, then I think the first time you would get to see the new owner in front of the fans would be that January 6th game against Miami. There'll probably be press conferences and media availability and all of that because we're going to want to know what direction he has for the team. A lot of people are going to ask about the you know the current uh, executive roles that people have and whether there'll be changes because the expectation is that he's going to bring in his own people. That he's going to hire his own president, that he's going to hire his own CEOs, that he's going to hire his own financing guys and things like that. I 
would be very, very surprised if there's any changes as far as the GM and the coach. Those guys are doing a good job, and I imagine that he's not going to rock the boat there uh, at all. I'm sure he knows a lot of people from his days as a basketball player and his business uh, success that he can bring in people at the, the executive level. People that are usually out of sight, out of mind. Not like Monty Williams or James Jones. Again, I expect those people will be just fine and they'll just go about their, their business of trying to win a championship for the Suns. We'll see now that, that, that he's in. I mean, there will be a plan for, for budget and, and, and how much to spend and whether they are willing to go deep into the luxury tax or not. So I think that will be one of the first things that's asked about him too. You know, what is your plan for, what is your immediate plans for the Phoenix Suns? Is, you know, now can you finalize the Jay Crowder trade now? Can you free up draft picks? A lot of people speculated that the Suns and James Jones were a little handcuffed with what they could do trade wise because a new owner coming in, you, you don't want to take on a lot of salary or you don't want to give up draft picks while you're right on the verge of a potential new owner. Now that that's done, maybe that clears some of the obstacles in a trade for Jay Crowder or at least gives clarity for what James Jones can do financially, whether it's bring in an expiring contract or a guy on a two-year deal, three-year deal, four-year deal. There should be a lot of clarity right there. And once this is finalized, I'm sure that'll be the first meetings he has before he meets with other people is to meet with James Jones and Monty and go over the plan and what they expect, what the expectations are. You got the best practice facility in the NBA uh, that Robert Sarver built. You've got a new refurbished arena, so there's no issues there. You're not going to do anything to the arena. You're not going to do anything to the practice facility. Those are great facilities. So I think the issue is just cleaning house a little bit, getting the right people in place, coming up with a plan of action, supporting those people in James Jones and Monty Williams that have done well. Uh, I expect all of that to be what happens. And it's got to be an evaluation period as well, too. I imagine he comes in and, you know, initially will have some things that he wants to do. Uh, but a lot of it, too, will be evaluating. You know, he hasn't been here. He hasn't been part of the day-to-day operations of the Phoenix Suns. He's going to want to come in, evaluate everything, you know, see what's there, um, what changes he can make. He'll probably, based on his you know, time as a basketball player and the contacts he made have a lot of people that he could reach out to and talk to about certain things. But his, his goal will be to improve the Phoenix Suns and make them a championship team. I mean, that's it. I mean, his number one goal, and I'm sure you'll hear it in his press conference, my goal is to bring a championship to the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns have never won a championship. They've been an organization since, I believe it was 68. Was that the first year of the Suns? I believe it was 1968. The Suns have ever been a very successful franchise. They've never won an NBA championship. Uh, so Matt's goal, I'm sure when he gets in here, is to bring a championship to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are very successful right now. They've got uh, contracts, max contracts set up for DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker. They've got Chris Paul uh, on a partial contract for next year. They've got Mikhail Bridges on a new contract. They're going to have to make a decision on Cam Johnson. And I'm sure that he'll have a say in that. They'll have to make a trade to trade with Jay Crowder. They'll have a say in that. Uh, You've got money that you could spend as far as taxpayer exceptions are concerned. He'll have a say in that uh, because they didn't use their taxpayer exceptions, about $6 million, but it gets prorated over time. So they have the ability to do that. 
you know, James has gotten a new title. He's been extended. Monty's been extended. I don't think you have to address any of those issues. So that's where it'll really come when, when he takes over the organization. We'll hear from him. We'll see what his goals are. We'll see what it, uh, we know what his responsibilities are. The other interesting point, I'm sure we'll get more clarification on this, is that 40% of the Phoenix Suns were not sold. 40% of the Suns were not sold. There were other owners, uh, Sam Garvin and uh, John Najafi and John Najafi's brother. And there was about 12 owners of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, some of them may have elected to stay on. Some of them may have bought more. Some of them may have sold. I imagine eventually we'll know what that uh, that is. But 60% of the Suns were sold. All of Robert Sarver's portion of the team was sold. So $2.4 billion is what he paid for 60%, and that includes all of Robert's percentage. So Robert does not own, once this becomes NBA approved, Robert does not own any portion of the Suns anymore. But there are some people that were part of his ownership group that I imagine will stay on, decided to keep their ownership group or add to their ownership group. And now we'll just wait for the NBA Board of Governors to approve uh, the sale of Matt Ishbia as the new controlling owner. I don't think there'll be any roadblocks to that. He'll be the youngest owner in the league, supplanting the Memphis Grizzlies' Robert Perra and the Utah Jazz's Ryan Smith as the youngest controlling owners in the league. This is a day a lot of Suns fans waited for. And you've got it. The Suns have a new owner. His name is Matt Ishbia. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We'll be back tomorrow, 2 o'clock sharp. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.